Hey everybody, this is Matt with another Overflow Pod in our Shaping Your Future Self series. The fact of life is we can't control all the stuff that happens around us. Circumstances are out of our control, but you do have complete control over the choices you make and the ways you choose to respond to things that happen in life. And I'm really excited about this podcast as it has really impacted me this week and has helped me set up some 100-day goals that I desperately want to accomplish. Now, why just 100 days? If COVID has taught us anything, it's demonstrated that long-range plans can be detoured very quickly. So how do you plan your life in uncertain times, like the uncertain times we're in right now? The Bible said that planning is a wise thing to do, but you also have to be humble when planning. We really should use what I call scenario planning. If this happens, we'll do this, and if this happens, we'll do that. James 4.15 in the New Living Translation says, What you ought to say is, if it is the Lord's will and he wants us to do it, we will live and do this or that. So we kind of make our plans with a grain of salt. And one of the big mistakes we do when life is uncertain is we don't make any plans and go with the flow. And this is actually worse than making the wrong plan. What happens is we get carried by forces that definitely don't care about us, and we make terrible decisions. I'll be honest, I feel like my life has gone with the flow, and it has been awful. I feel like I've been drifting since COVID. The more uncertain the time is, the shorter the plans you should make. You make short-term plans, and you should even hold those plans with an open hand, with a grain of salt. Now, we're going to talk about how to shape your future self. You don't want to stay the way you are, right? You want to grow. You want to think about who do I really want to be? What do I want my life to count for? How do I want to make the contribution with my life? The first principle of shaping your future self, becoming who you want to be, is to learn the principle of praising God, even when you don't feel like it. And that's what we talked about in the, in the first two pods of this series, the benefits of praise. So in this pod, we're going to focus on the second way to shape your future self, and becoming the person you want to be no matter what happens around you. We can't control our circumstances, but we can control what happens to you. And the second principle in shaping your future self is the principle of faith. Hebrews 11.6 says it this way, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Pretty clear. The only way you can please God is not by your complaints or grumblings or anything else, but you please God when you trust him, when you depend on him. You please God when you act in faith. And if you're a Christian, you've turned your life over to God. You've asked him to forgive you of your sins. And you trust in him and him alone to make you right before God. Then you want to show God the love he has shown you. And believe it or not, goal setting is a great way to show your love towards God. And I want to explain six reasons that goal setting in faith is so powerful in changing your life. Just like praises, which we talked about last couple weeks. Why is setting faith goals so important? Number one, it's a spiritual responsibility. You may not have thought of that, but goal setting is actually a spiritual responsibility. The Bible says God sets goals. He sets goals for history. He sets goals for the universe. He sets goals for the earth. He sets goals for you. Jesus set goals. There's many examples of that in his ministry. And here's one from the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 15. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, 
but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Paul was goal-oriented. He set goals in faith, as did Jesus, as did all the great people, men and women in Scripture. You're going to have to go through your life either by design or by default. You either plan your life or your life drifts. You either go design your life or you're in default mode. If you don't have any goals, you're just drifting. You're allowing other people to direct your life. So set some spiritual goals. It's actually a responsibility. Number two, goals are statements of faith. Every time you make a goal, you're actually stating, I believe God, you're going to help me accomplish this by such and such a time or date. I believe God wants me to do that. It is a statement of faith. Goals stretch your faith. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power, that is at work within us. It's his power that helps us. Two of the common mistakes we make by setting goals by faith is we set them too low and we try to accomplish them too quickly. You see, you've never really believed God until you've attempted something you can't do in your own power. If you can do it in your own power, it's not a faith goal. So you can set it a little bit out of your reach. See, if we overestimate what we can do in a year, but we underestimate what we can do in five years. We overestimate what we can do in a week, but we underestimate what we can do in two or three months. Now, during this series on shaping your future self, I want you to dare to dream great dreams for your life. I dare you. Because a dream doesn't cost you anything. You don't have to have money to dream. Now, what's the difference between a goal and a dream? A goal is a dream with a deadline. It's time dated. If you don't put a deadline on your dream, it's just a dream. But if you put your deadline on your dream, you set a date, it's a goal. It can can be a statement of faith. Matthew 9.29 says, According to your faith, it will be done to you. You get to choose how much God blesses your life. According to your faith, it will be done to you, it says. So set big goals. You see, nothing happens in your life until you set a faith goal. So let me give you a little tip. In a little bit, when I ask you to set some 100-day plan goals for your life, the most important you're going to question you want to ask yourself is, will this goal require me to have faith in God? Will this goal force me to trust God? If you can do it in your own power, that's not a faith goal. Will this goal require me to trust God and have faith in him? Now, you can easily do this by, if you look back at the last couple of years, if you have the same New Year's resolution year after year after year, that could be a faith goal because you can't do it on your own. You have proven you are unable to do it. Maybe it's something as simple as losing weight. You can't do it on your own. You've tried. For the past four years, you have this benefit. You've tried. Maybe you need to rethink that, and it can become a faith goal. Here's a third benefit of faith goals. Goals focus my energy. Now, you know very well as I, the world is full of distractions. Everything distracts us. We're in a very ADD culture. And everything is trying to get your attention, but only a few things really matter. And the secret of effectiveness, listen, is focus. 
if you want your life to count, if you want your life to matter, if you want your life to burn for God, the secret of effectiveness is to focus it. Not these 40 things that I dabble in, just this one thing will do. Paul says it like this, 1 Corinthians 9, 26 to 27. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that I have preached to others. I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Have you been playing around with your life since COVID or during COVID? It's time to start shaping your future self and not just letting circumstances control yourself. I'm done playing around wasting a couple years of my life. I'm ready to get serious, and I hope you are too. Fourth benefit of goals. Goals keep you going. Goals give you endurance. They give you diligence. They give you persistence. Goals give me hope to keep moving forward. And if you don't have any goals, you're hopeless. Goals give me the power to persist, the power to endure. You see, without a goal, you don't have a reason to get out of bed. Without a goal, people tend to give up. A good example of this would be Job, Job 6.11. I do not have the strength to endure. I do not have a goal that encourages me to carry on. Did you notice that goals are what give you encouragement? If you don't have any goals in your life, you're probably discouraged. You see, a goal helps you to keep being discouraged by short-term setbacks. You're going to have setbacks. We all have them. Nobody goes through life without them. Nobody goes through life one success after another, but goals encourage us. Now listen, a goal doesn't have to be big to motivate you. It can be a baby step and motivated by each small step. I was in the hospital earlier this month and I noticed this about nurses' interactions with patients. Nurses would come in and have their set their small daily goals. You know, one of the first couple goals would have been like, can you sit up? Can you eat? Can you get out of bed? Can you go to the bathroom? These are very simple goals. Can you walk down the hall with your IV? Can you make it through the week? Individual goals can help keep you motivated. And they don't have to be big. Let me tell you, you've been lying in the bed in the hospital and all of a sudden you can sit up? That's a major accomplishment. By the time you get to be able to get up and get out of bed and go to the bathroom, oh my goodness, you feel like you've like done something amazing. Goals don't have to be big. They just have to be clear. If you're discouraged right now, as we're starting this new year, you need to set some new goals. Fifth benefit of goals, they build my character. Let me let you in on a little secret. Because the greatest benefit of faith goals is not what you achieve, it's what you become in the process. Faith goals shape your future self. We shape our goals and they shape us. You see, while you're working on your faith goal, God is going to be working on you. And that's what's going to last for eternity, your character. Philippians 3.12, Paul says, I keep striving towards the goal. In other words, I don't give up. I keep making it inch by inch, baby step by baby step. I will never become what God intends me to be without intention. I will never be any different by the end of the year if I don't take it step by step. Just be real. See, there are people all around you who are not going to be any different next month, next year. They're not going to be any better at the end of this year because they never intended to be. They never intended to be different. They're just going to drift through the year like maybe you have in the past, like I definitely have in the past. And they won't set any faith goals. Goals build character. 
Six benefit of goals. Good goals will be rewarded. And I want you to get those goals. I don't want you to miss out on them. First, you're rewarded by people here on earth. And second, you're rewarded by God in eternity forever and ever. Proverbs eleven twenty seven, in the English today's English version, if your goals are good, you will be respected. We all want to be respected. We all want to have dignity. We all want people to value us. You know, one of the most celebrated people in history in our country is Martin Luther King. We just celebrated Martin Luther King Day just a couple weeks ago. Why do we celebrate it? Because he had selfish goals? No, because he gave his life for unselfish goals. He lived his life for the benefit of others. And I want you to remind you about Martin Luther King. He was first and foremost a Christian pastor. He was a Baptist pastor of a Baptist church. And what he did for the global glory of God, he didn't just do it for people. So you're going to be rewarded by other people when your goals are good. We honor people who have unselfish goals like Martin Luther King and others. But never forget that your real reward is going to one that's going to last forever. And we find this throughout Scripture. 1 Corinthians 9.25 in New Living Translation says, All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. Now I've given you six reasons to set faith-based goals. There are six benefits. This is the next step in shaping your future self. First, we have praising God. The power of praise, whether you feel like it or not, changes your life. Secondly, we have faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we show our faith by setting faith goals. Now, let's get real practical. Let me give you your next step in shaping your future self. Then for the rest of your life. I'm only asking you to think about the next 100 days in your life. That's all I'm asking. The next 100 days. So someone, sometime after you've listened to this podcast, I want you to get alone by yourself and I want you to be quiet for a few minutes and consider the question, what is the most important goal I'd like to accomplish in the next 100 days? Let me give you some qualifiers. Not every goal in life is a good goal. Not every goal is a goal that will shape your future self and is a goal that God blesses. Like, for example, if you say, I want to make a million dollars, God doesn't care about that. It doesn't help. Let me suggest a couple of simple questions that will evaluate your goals as you're going through them and to help you focus and to realize why you're making these goals. So here are these four questions to evaluate. Is this a good faith goal? Number one, will it honor God? Will this goal honor God? Let me say it that way. You see, if it doesn't honor God, then how can it be pleasing to God? What kind of goal brings glory to God? Well, it's not that hard. Anything that causes you to love God more, to trust him more, to serve him more, to be more grateful, to be more patient, to be more usable, to be a better husband, to be a better father. (laughs) Any goal that causes you to be more of a bridge builder, you know, to be more faithful, to be more patient, any fruit of the spirit. I mean, (laughs) that could be a lot of goals. 1 Corinthians 6.20 said, God paid a great price for you. So use your body to honor God. It might be something that you want to do with your body. What can I do that will honor God in the next 100 days? 1 Corinthians 10.31, when you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it. Always do it to honor God. You say, wait a minute. Does everything honor God? It can. Take out the trash for God's glory. You can wash the dishes for God's glory. You can do your laundry for God's glory. Everything can be done for God's glory. You see, the right attitude with the right gratitude to God, with the right motivation to honor and love him, literally anything you can do 
You can clean your car for God's glory, but do it with the attitude of gratitude and the attitude of praise we talked about in the last two pods. 2 Corinthians 5.9 says, we make it our goal to please him. So the first question is, will it honor God? See, a lot of goals could be selfish and self-centered. Will this goal honor God? You say, you know what? I want to lose weight. You know, that could be a selfish goal. I want to lose weight so I can get chicks <laughs> or I can get guys, girls, whatever. I want to lose weight so that I'm attractive to people. I want to lose weight so I can whatever. Or you can say, I want to lose weight so that I can do the things that God accomplished me to do because right now I'm late. I, I'm, I have too much weight on me. I am overburdened. My health is going down and I can't do what God wants me to do. I'm suffering as a mom or a dad. That's a different way to look at your goal. So will God honor this goal really depends on what you are doing it for. So you got to have the right motivation behind it, which leads me into the second one, which is, is the goal motivated by love? As you sit through and think, what are the goals I want to have in the next hundred days? Can I do this in love? God's not going to honor goals that are motivated by greed or ego or competition or by guilt, or by shame, or by jealousy, or by envy, or materialism. If you're going to set a God-given, Holy Spirit-inspired goal, it's got to be done in love. 1 Corinthians 16, 14 says, everything you do must be done in love. 1 Corinthians 14, 1, let love be your highest goal. Now, why does God want us to do everything with love? Well, here's why. The problem with loveless goals is they typically end up treating everybody and even yourself as objects to be manipulated. You use things, you use people to get things. That's wrong. You're to use things and love people. Use things, love people. When you get that reversed, love things and use people, then you're going to be in trouble. So what I need to accomplish these goals in the next hundred days, number one, I need God's spirit to empower me. And that's why it's a faith goal. Zechariah 4, 6 says, you will not succeed by your own strength or power, but my, my spirit, says the Lord, it's got to be motivated out of love. Number three, I'm going to need God's word to guide me. you got to get into the Bible. In the next hundred days, the more time you spend in the book, the more guidance you're going to get for your goals. I can think of an example when Moses gave Joshua a huge goal. God gave him a huge goal. And when Joshua was given this huge goal, I'm sure he, he was scared to death. It was probably bigger than he could imagine. Is to take the entire nation of Israel into the promised land. And Moses wasn't going to do it. Joshua was going to do it. And he had every reason to be frightened by this goal. God, this is too big. I couldn't possibly do this. As I said, you never really believe God until you've attempted, you can't do it in your own power. But God says this to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 through 8, one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. He says, be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave to you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. You want to succeed? Look at that promise. 
You want to reach that impossible goal? You want to change something that's always failed? How many New Year's resolutions never succeed? Well, meditate, read God's word every day, and you will prosper and succeed. And here's the fourth thing you're going to need to do in the next 100 days and well into the future. We need God's people to support you. You can't do it on your own. We weren't meant to be alone. It's not good to be alone. God hates loneliness. That's why he created a spiritual family called the church. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, By yourself you're unprotected, but with a friend you can face the worst. And a group of three is even better because a rope braided with three strands is not easily snapped. Join in your goal with some friends and you will be amazed at your success. What's the most important personal goal you would like to accomplish in the next 100 days with God's help? What is it? Think about it. Whatever you want changed, make the right goal by asking those questions. Does it honor God? Is it motivated by love? Is God's word guiding me to do it? And do you have a group of people to help you through it? And if you answer yes to all of these, you're going to succeed if you do them. Now, I know I'm starting a few goals over the next 100 days, and I encourage you to do the same. Now, I'm starting February 1st just because it's the first day of the month. That's my first day of goals. And I'm using these couple days to make sure I have everything lined up so that I can hit the ground running right at February 1st. So I encourage you to do the same. What is it that God is prompting you to change? What is it where you have to step out in faith to change? Whatever that is, I encourage you to join me with it. And next week, as we continue our Shaping Our Future Self series, we're going to look at habits that will help you to hold on during the tough times during these 100 days. So God bless, and I'll see you in the next pod.